Blog Talk Radio. And now, live from the IMLD Home Studio, in its seventh season, this is, in much less detail, the podcast, where we cut through the noise and give you your NFL breakdown in much less detail. With your hosts, Jay and Dre. Less detail of the podcast. It is time for your football party. We talk about last weekend, week 17, getting us ready for the playoffs to get started tomorrow. You are listening live on a Friday night, January the 3rd, 2020. Welcome, everybody, to 2020. We're here. We've survived. We've made it this far. I'm Dre. He's Jay. We are in the house and ready to rock and roll. It's playoff time. It's It's I'm so excited. It's all about football. It's all about the playoffs. It's all about the real season of football after the regular season is over. We don't have to think about the New York Jets or the Cleveland Browns or the Miami Dolphins or any of those horrible, horrible teams anymore. We get to talk about playoff football. Uh, Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? Yeah. Yeah, Jim, we're talking about playoffs. It's time for the real football to start. Jason, Welcome in. How was your New Year's? You ready to rock and roll? Yeah, it was a long New Year. Uh, This week is the week that will never end, so I'm just working my way through it. We had uh, quite the eventful week here. Uh, We had New Year's, of course, uh, which on New Year's Eve, which I was home on New Year's Eve, actually ended up locking Trini out of the house for an hour, which was awesome. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's one of those things. I never take naps. I'm not much of a napper. You know, but I was just like, everybody in the house has been sick. I'm fighting a cold. I'm not really feeling good. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to go lay down. So I go and I lay down and then, you know, cute factor wakes up first from nap time for the kids. And she comes upstairs. I was like, could you take the dog out? You know, the dog needs to go out. I'm really tired. I'm laying there and I fall back asleep. And yeah, my daughter locked herself out of the house with the dog outside. So Uh. But she, she was very responsible, you know, and I feel terrible. I mean, obviously, it's like that's one of those, like, horrible, like, pit-in-your-stomach kind of feelings, you know, like you're the worst, you know, father on the face of the earth. But she did all the right things. She she went to the appropriate, you know, houses, family houses, neighbor house, and did all the right things. So I'm very proud of her and her, uh, you know, her Bear Grylls survival skills. She, must, she watches some of that Man vs. Wild, so she must have uh, – you know, pretty soon she was going to be, you know, killing squirrels and making pelts out of their furs, and <laughs> that would have been pretty good. But no, yeah, I felt so. I felt pretty bad about that. So then that just rolls into New Year's, and you know, kids made it till midnight again. Love them, but damn, these kids could have gone to bed at nine thirty, and I would have been perfectly fine. I had to work all day on uh, Wednesday. I had to work all day on Thursday. I had to work all day today and I have to work all day tomorrow. So it's going to be a very, uh, I'm in the middle of a long stretch here. I had to come home and have a quick bite to eat, made myself a cup of coffee to get ready for the show. So I'm hoping that that kicks in and then, you know, and I can get that, that some energy 
uh, to make it through the show here, but I'll be fine. I mean, I'm always fine. It's not like a few shows ago where I actually think I dozed off at the end of the show. Yeah, you told me that. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, that was a first. <laughs> it, it can be tough. Uh, you know, we we do our, our long hours here, our, our late night shows, and, you know, I, I can feel it sometimes with myself, and um, I didn't even have time to get up uh, – and, and give me give myself something to drink before this show started. So if my yeah. throat starts going, uh, it, it's there, there's no remedy at all uh, this time. I'm just going to be coughing and hacking and and having you take over. So be be prepared. So to, yeah, great. <laughs> I don't know if you sure you want that, but to tell you, uh, <laughs> this is how my week has gone. I've had my picks all week, right? Uh, I have okay. literally had my picks all week, and this is how I usually go during the playoffs. It's like. Boom, I see the schedule, I see the lines, I'm like, boom, 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 that's what I want. It was about five minutes before the show, and I realized I didn't have any of my X-Factors. Oh. Because I had my picks all week, so I had to do like, I, I, I looked at one thing, I researched one thing this whole week, and it still didn't change my pick, it just confirmed my pick in one of the games, but I realized I had no X-Factors, so I literally went through dug through the rosters and I got my four X factors literally in the five minutes before the show. That was my show prep. And you know what? They'll be better than my X factors because they always are. I I usually, I have a good track record with X factors here in much less detail. (laughs) You you hit on some legendary ones over the years. So I got mine. I just don't have any kids going to have the impact. It, the games always seem to go a different way than what than what I think they're going to go. All this research and, and all this uh, all the yeah. things that I try to mull over and play out in my mind how the game is going to, to take place. The game never seems to take place the way I think it's going to take place. So. <laughs> That's right. It's not going to go the way you think is exactly no. uh, what's going to happen. No, I, I, two words for you, uh, Trendon Holiday. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. anybody who's a listener of this show knows all about the the greatest X Factor pick in, in, in much less detail history, which was Trinden. That just set the bar so high. I think we're always struggling to I think that's the standard that we've set for a really good X Factor, right? So we'll pick people and they'll have nice little games, but that one was so crazy and it was the X Factor from the team I predicted would lose as well. Yeah, that's, that was the extra twist, was that you said the team was going to lose despite this guy doing this incredible yeah. special team stuff, and that's exactly and what he did. Did he, have two, did he have two return touchdowns in that game? I believe he did. So, yeah. So, yeah. that So, it wasn't just the X Factor. That was that Baltimore-Denver game, right? Wasn't that the Joe Flacco um, that's right. long bomb Double. touchdown? Yeah. Double overtime. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was absolutely crazy, and uh, yeah, that was the, so. It wasn't so. It was the. It, I think it was the X factor pick in combination with the pick of the game that you sort of had this perfect storm. And that was was that was that on the air? Was that a podcast pick or was that a was, blog pick? I was going to ask you the same question. I don't know. I don't know if we were doing the show yet or not. I think I might have been <sighs> that in, uh, was on the Ravens. Blog. You know, I'm going to say that was Ravens. Uh, Ravens Niners. So I don't think we had quite gone to air yet when that when that pick happened 
but uh, for people who listen to the show, we, we talk about it every year. So anybody who's a regular yes. listener of the show knows all about my exploits that year that in that in that Denver uh, Baltimore game with Trinden Holiday. And that, yeah, that had to be before the that had to be before the the podcast. And if it wasn't, it was like right at the very beginning. So there you go. The uh, the blog is in much less detail dot blogspot dot com, and right. it's it's I'm trying to turn it into a plug. And if you want to know about the greatest X Factor pick of all time, which is Jade calling Trendon Holiday to be a huge special teams X Factor, uh, just go to the blog and and find a search box and type in Trendon Holiday, and then I, I guess it'll pop up. It'll be in there somewhere. Maybe. Our crack production <laughs> staff is on it. Sebastian furiously typing away. Oh, jeez. Uh, no, Sebastian's furiously doing other things when he listens to I'm trying to, show. to avoid that. I'm, I'm trying to give him the benefit yeah. of the doubt. And, That's, and your that That's your boy. That's your boy. I had nothing to do with that. Yeah, saying that he's typing away. That's a long time ago now. Who knows if he's uh, still even around. Is that our around. first caller? I think Sebastian was the very first, first caller, ever caller ever on the show, and he propositioned you for gay sex. So it doesn't get any better call. than that. Yeah, First caller. That, that should have given that us a clue of where the show was headed. I think that started a theme on this show. Unfortunately, it did. Uh, the, the people who call, who have crank calls, uh, have one thing on their mind. Unfortunately, I, I don't know why. I don't think. I hope I don't give off that vibe. I'm not trying to. Not that there's anything. I'm not wrong. saying. Yeah. Uh, well. Um. I, although this week, uh, I guess I went back to the well because one of my X factors is from uh, one of my uh, losing teams. Okay. Well. So. Get ready for him to own then, because yeah. that's what he's gonna do. He'll he'll go crazy, and his team will still lose. That's this is all you need to know. Well, we both went back to the well in uh, getting owned by the coin because the coin uh. is once again. On top of us for week 17, uh, for those who, who who are new listeners, uh, week 17 is such a coin flip in, in handicapping uh, NFL games because you don't know who's playing and how long they're playing that we literally do flip a coin and, and have the coin picks go up against our actual picks. And this year, the coin came out uh, on top of both of us. I went eight, seven and one. Jason went six, nine and one. And the coin prevailed with 10 big wins, 10, five and one for the coin. Not the first double-digit Week 17 victory for the coin over the years that we've been doing this. Well, what really pissed me off was giving two games back to you because of a complete garbage-time touchdown with seven seconds left to go in that Denver-Oakland game. Yeah, it, that, that's that's how it works sometimes. That, 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 that ends that was up a... taking that. Are, are, we were we were all set. We were gonna. Nobody was gonna be over the other one going into the playoffs. Everything looked great. And then I'm just like, oh, great. Oakland got the ball, and there's like three minutes left to go. And I'm like, you know what? God damn it. Denver's going to go. And <laughs> they're not playing for anything, and they're already on the golf course, and they're going to give up the absolute – and they did seven seconds left to go. And they end up letting me give two games back to you in week 17. It just oh, that pisses me off because week 17 is just such a shit show. You don't want to lose any ground in week 17 because you feel like you're picking preseason games. And it's just a frustrating week. So if I end up losing this season by the slimmest of margins, that, that, that's where I'll point to. I'm going to point to that week 17. Do we have a lot to recap from week 17? I mean, was there anything that jumped out that 
that doesn't necessarily tie into the playoffs that we need to go over or I mean we obviously thank had a lot you, of Murga, coaches thank get you, fired. Derek Carr. What? Just thinking Murga and thinking Derek Carr. Um oh, well, that's just for me. Yeah, for for scoring a for a complete Yeah, you know what though. I mean they have nine point nine games behind you. Is it nine? Uh was it nine or ten? Nine or uh, ten. Wanda, yeah, I wound up being ten. Yeah, uh, but ten then point, get, ten. But then I get the extra full point back for the uh, the locks. So yeah, I mean I'm behind, but I'm not. I'm nowhere near behind. Is I've come back from worse. Let's just say that. This is true. Uh, we'll we'll get to the whole point system later. Yeah. But yes, you're exactly you're exactly seven points uh, behind to start the playoffs. That is oh, certainly so not no, insurmountable. So there's no uh, no no decibels no seven. this time. I can deal with seven, and there's no decibels, so that's even better. So we could have a tie. That's true. We, we could. We absolutely. We could. haven't had a tie in a long time. I think we had one tie ever. It was our very first season. Yeah, I think that, I think you're right. I don't think we've ever tied uh, since. <laughs> I don't think we've I tied again. That's true. Thirty years it's been. So maybe we'll celebrate a unhappy anniversary here with a. <laughs> With a tie to commemorate our third, to finalize our thirtieth season of picking games, we can go all the way back to wide right. That's how old we are. We can go all the way back to uh, Super Bowl. Jesus, was that Super Bowl twenty-five? That's uh, that's that kind of right. statistical anomaly uh, to have yeah. the first season that we do it be a tie and the next uh, twenty-nine. Or 28, not be a tie. Yeah. That was, uh, I don't know what the odds would be on that, but that would be pretty right. long odds. So we had some we had some games that were interesting. Uh, obviously, your lock, for what it matters, it doesn't matter, but you want a lock. I want a lock. End the season. I mean, oh that right there you should be commended <laughs> for to get to 7 and 10, I believe, for the season. Yeah, I I'm glad you found the applause button there because you actually uh, you called the Patriots paper champions, and not only did they oh. not cover the massive number, they somehow found a way to blow the game and blow a home playoff by. Um, the Dolphins. The to Miami, yeah, to 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 Ryan Fitzpatrick, Fitzmagic, <laughs> and and Brian Flores, but both the Patriots, and that's just not how, that's not how you want to go into uh, the playoffs right there, but. That was rough. And then the Packers tried to do almost the exact same thing, uh, getting down big early to Detroit. Either. You know, I saw an interesting I uh, saw an interesting stat this week that the Packers led the Lions for zero seconds all season because they literally kicked two game winning field goals this year as time expired in both games. Zero time led, yep. zero seconds led for the Detroit yeah. Lions, and they went 2-0. And that's where I did not use the history of understanding that the Lions might have been a little bit more up for that game, considering the fact that they got completely hosed by the refs in the first matchup. Well, I... And and also handed it to the Packers for a good three quarters of that game as well. So they they clearly showed up, but I did not expect David Blau to do anything. I did not expect right, Aaron Rodgers to probably play two and a half quarters of the worst football I've ever seen Aaron <laughs> Rodgers play. I mean, it was it was awful at halftime for them. They couldn't do anything, but then they get that they get that last little push to get on the board. Um, 
and get some points before the half, and you kind of had that feeling. I had that feeling. I was at work, and you had that feeling like, oh, these guys are going to probably win by three. I really had that feeling. If I could have bet on that outcome at halftime, you could see it was coming. Um, didn't see it coming with New England losing on a last-second touchdown uh, to the Dolphins, though. Did not see that coming. No, definitely not. Uh I did consider uh, that the Lions competed with the with the Packers in the first uh, meeting, and I did consider that they might uh, have a little extra juice coming out for this rematch, and I threw it all out the window because it was David Blau instead of Matt Stafford, and so right. I absolutely considered it. I just didn't think that David Blau had it in him to, to keep up with the Packers or with anybody else. He had been uh, very underwhelming uh, ever since his debut. Uh, but they 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 fought. They kept it together. They uh, had a lead, uh, a substantial lead on the Packers, yeah. and Green Bay had to fight back just to win the game. Uh, had no chance of covering the twelve and a half. So yeah, we both uh, took oh. took a bath on that one. Well, how'd the coin do though? That's really what matters. Did the coin have the lions? Of course, the coin had the lions. Of course, you the coin had ask? the lions. See. <laughs> So the coin also gotta, had the Vikings gotta, over the Bears. I've got to ask this question because this is probably, of all the noteworthy things that happened last week, this is the most noteworthy to me. Could yeah. anybody's season has had ended more perfectly than Jameis Winston's season ended? Was it first was that, that was Jameis Winston. Like that's his season. If you want to just watch the, you know, if you buy the DVD of the Jameis Winston season highlights, it's just that play <laughs> to go thirty thirty. The first throw of overtime. He he fought back and he made it, and he didn't give up that twenty ninth interception, and he he was not going to go down in history. And then overtime happened, and the first <laughs> throw of overtime <laughs> right to the Falcons for a pick six. End any more perfect than that for Jameis Winston. The only way his season could have ended. It's the only way. The only it it way. was the only other player who could have done that that I've ever seen is Brett Favre. Brett Favre being <laughs> my favorite Brett Favre stat that I always bring up that nobody ever talks about was that for all three teams that Brett Favre played for, his final throw on each team was an interception. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I think Jameis has a lot of Brett kind of in him, you know? And it's interesting because he reminds me of the pre, you know, Mike Holmgren, like getting his hooks into him and, and teaching him how to play quarterback and completely changing his game where Jameis is just like, he, you want to, you talk about guys throwing YOLO balls. That's Jameis mm-hmm. Winston. Every play. Indeed. Jameis Winston is determined that somebody, anybody is going to catch this football. Might not be Any? my guy, but somebody <laughs> is catching somebody. this football. He might be and, in a uniform. He might yeah, not be. But thir- 32 touchdowns, 30 picks. I, I still think, and I'm not one of these guys who thinks that Tampa should jettison him. Or I, I think there's enough there. I mean, there's plenty of bad quarterbacks that, that don't even throw the 32 touchdowns, much less the 30 picks. And no. if you can, it, all you got to do is you don't have to cut that number down. Just cut it in half. Just throw 15, just one a game to the two. <laughs> you can just get Jameis down to one pick a game instead of two. That's probably a nine or ten win team. You saw some of the quotes from the man uh, tasked with 
cutting those interceptions in half and, and getting yeah. that number down, Bruce Arians, who, uh, yeah, we, we both made the same yeah. joke within a couple of weeks of, uh, oh, my God, this guy uh, had to quit his last job due to heart problems, and this was, this is really going to kill him, <laughs> trying to coach Jameis Winston. I don't want to put any pressure on you at all for your uh, season awards, but if anybody <laughs> other than Jameis Winston wins the Heckle and Giant Award, I'm going to be very disappointed in you. Just say it. Anybody other than Jameis Winston wins that award. I mean, that should be renamed the Jameis Winston Award. Yeah, I don't uh, I don't have any argument against that. I don't uh, – man. <laughs> Cause yeah, you, I don't you, want you, to make you, your picks for you, but all I can think about – I've been thinking about this for like the last few days before the show here was like – Man, we yeah. get to we get to this we get to the end of the season awards because that's coming up, um, the week between the championship and the Super Bowl, and mm-hmm. yeah, there's a there's a plug for a future show for anybody who's listening out there. We call uh, it honors and dishonors. We we that's have a right. lot of fun. We, with we it. love our listeners, all who you know, <laughs> however many of you are out there. We love our listeners, and Burkina Faso shout out. Burkina- <laughs> We do. We, hey, the stats said we have people listening in Burkina Faso. We do. And we Saudi Arabia. Every one of them. Yeah. 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 No, all these places. Um, but yeah, I thought I've just been thinking about this the last three days. Like, man, there is no player that has ever embodied that award. And it's your award uh, that you give out because I'm very set in mind. But you always give out the Heckle and Jide Award, and uh, people. I hope people do understand. We do know it is Jekyll and Hyde. <laughs> I hope people do know that we know that, but we just call it the that. That is on purpose. Yes. It's on purpose. It's intentional. But I was just like, no man has ever embodied that award more than James Winston. <laughs> it but felt like he had, have, a, he had to, to start come back every game with game. a pick too. Like yeah. he, he, he didn't feel comfortable unless he stepped off the bus throwing an interception. And it's like, okay, now right. I'm into the game. But that was now like, I'm warmed the, up. That's no different than Favre, because how different was that with Favre? Yeah. Where the first three throws of every game were going to be 12 yards over the guy's head. Because <laughs> yeah. he was so jacked up and amped up to play football that he was just going to come out and do that. And, yeah, so, <sighs> so yeah, so Atlanta wins despite the fact that we uh, both thought Tampa would win that game because they announced that the Falcons were going to retain their coaches. And, yeah. They were going to go out then and completely crap the bed. And they tried. They really did try. They had the lead. They blew the lead late. And then Tampa gets the ball. First play of overtime, Jameis Winston gets his <laughs> gets his record. I, I should have known because that was how Atlanta ended last season and, and put themselves in position to make this the big comeback season is that they had nothing to play for last year at Tampa and found yeah. a way to, to come through and win that game. And I was like, oh, my goodness, what? Wow, the Falcons are still fighting in week 17. That must mean when they get their guys healthy, they're really going to be strong. I'm going to pick them to win the Super Bowl next year. And I got to tell you, well, I got to tell you, looking at the teams, I don't want to give any of my awards away. And I had already kind of previewed this last week, but if any, there is no team that embodies the uh, Houston Texans preseason Jimmy Garoppolo style team more than the Atlanta Falcons this season because there has not been a team that has had a tale of two halves more different than the one in seven Falcons that we had completely FedExed them. I mean, they had mailed it in, right? They were our FedEx mm-hmm. mail it in team. They had completely quit. Go, they go one in seven 
and it was like they come off the bye, <laughs> they're just like a completely new football team. And they beat the Niners, and they beat the Saints, and then they end up finishing the season seven and nine. I mean, so six and two, nicely done. Six and two finish. So that was one of the best second halves, other than like Baltimore, uh, right. that anybody had out there. And yeah, you you just know it. And this, but people don't realize that when we give that award, that award is not given to the team that we think is going to be good next year. We give that award to the team that. All of these idiots in the press are going to go, oh, you know who's going to be really when they start playing the whataboutism, you know, like, well, what about this team? Yeah, they, everybody's going to all of a sudden think they're the smart guy and go, well, what about the Atlanta Falcons? They went six and two to, yeah, yeah, that's what the award is for. My surprise playoff team is going to yeah. be the Atlanta Falcons. Uh huh. And they're going to, the reason they're going to point to it is because they went six and two. Uh, to finish the season. Yeah. We used to call it the Houston Texans Memorial Award because every year the Houston Texans <laughs> would win like their last three games. And this was back when the Texans oh, were watch out for the Texans draft. next year. Oh, you better watch yeah. out. Well, what about the Houston Texans? And then we redubbed yeah. it the Jimmy Garoppolo Award after Jimmy went on that run <laughs> with the Niners. Um, and we predicted that too. And but now the well, you predicted that. Deep. I had nothing to do with that. You, you're the one that said he's going to win those five games in a row. And I was like, oh, there's no fucking way. No. And, and sure hey, enough. I wrote it. I acted, I called this. <laughs> I called the winning streak before the winning streak. <laughs> I, I didn't think there was a chance in hell. And, and we both, but we both knew when that happened. Yes. Oh, everyone was going to say, Absolutely. oh man, watch out for the San Francisco 49ers. And, and Jimmy Garoppolo. The best part of that was that going into the next season, they were like the eighth highest team in playoff odds in Vegas. People just throwing their money on the yeah, Niners. To the point, Jimmy G is going to be the man. So that was to the point where you and I were wondering if we could go to Vegas and short the Niners. Man, I would have loved to. And I would have even more loved to short the man. Cleveland Browns this year. Because they would have gone. We would have made bank if we could have just shorted all the preseason hype teams and because uh, they usually don't do anything the next season. I'm a little leery of this one because, you know, Atlanta, the talent's all there. That's the frustrating yeah. thing about that team. The talent that the made talent me pick them to win it all there. this year. Yeah. So, but a good win for them, although Jameis Winston gift-wrapped the ball and, and they, he threw the pick six to get – to get the uh, to get the thirty and thirty, thirty two touchdowns and thirty picks. Nobody's ever done it before. So congratulations to Jameis Winston. Uh, well done. And they still went seven and nine. That's what I mean. It, it's seven and nine. They won right. seven games with a quarterback yeah. through thirty interceptions. <laughs> that's cut really that, hard. That's why I said if they cut that number in half, they are a playoff team. Yeah, sure, sure seems like it. Now getting him to cut those interceptions in half, I don't know how you go about doing that. I really don't. Uh, like I said, Bruce Arians had some great quotes about it. Like uh, they oh, asked yeah. him, can you win with another quarterback? And he said, oh, we won with this one. Certainly we can win with another one. <laughs> that is not That's the most inspiring just, confidence. He reminds me so much of Brett. I mean, <laughs> he just does. He, he, when I, I remember watching those early 92, 93, like that 93, 94 season, Brett Favre, before he got into the, you know, before he got into that MVP form. Because the only thing that got him from being what he was before his MVP form and into the MVP form was he cut his interceptions way down. Right. I, I don't. I think it can happen for Jameis. I'm not one of these like anti-Jameis guys who's like, oh man, this guy's trash. Get rid of him. 
you know. I'm not either. I just don't know how he's it's going to happen, but I, but I, yeah. yeah. He's clearly good enough to start. Maybe Bruce Arians isn't the coach for him. Maybe he, maybe he needs a different coach, and that's the combination that's wrong. Um, you know, but they they definitely uh, they definitely need to work with the kid because I think he can definitely get the job done. Um, and he's fun. Hey, is there any more fun bad quarterback than Jameis Winston? He is not boring. Oh my goodness, he is just. It's almost must-see TV when he's playing because you're like, what's he gonna? That Saturday game was so much fun. The the start that that, sa- oh, yeah, that yeah. three bagger on Saturday, the triple header, where he starts off the game throwing it to the other team for for a pick six, throwing it to the Houston mm-hmm. Texans, and it's like, oh my goodness, this is just yeah, what's but, gonna happen? Because you don't know if he's gonna, you know, do the the the, the Ty Detmer and throw seven of them. You don't know what he's gonna do. Uh, he might. <laughs> turn it around and throw four touchdowns. You have no idea. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a roller coaster. The beautiful thing about that game was he threw the pick six on the first play. They get the ball back. He throws another pick that should have been a pick six (laughs) that only gets called back because of a holding call after the pick. So that pick counted. And then Houston has to kick a field goal. So you like blink of an eye, you're down 10 zip and you only lose the game by three. And that, that's the beauty of a guy who he can throw you out of the game, but he can also throw you back into the game. And that's why I hope they don't give up on him. So that's our, uh, we put De- uh, Jameis Winston to bed now with that uh, discussion about him and that, that oh, crazy season. At least season. until the award season. <laughs> yes. <laughs> award season rolls around. We may have a little bit more to say about famous Jameis. They finished, uh, despite finishing, plus 91 points on the season. We can also put the Dallas Cowboys to bed. They are eliminated. We don't have to worry about them anymore. That season was uh, very special. special and it was special. Uh, yeah, we, we had the same word for it, special. That, that's about the only word you can describe for it. it was, what, what it was was Dak Prescott clearly came out uh, trying to, to justify getting a new contract and trying to show everybody he deserves a new deal and show obviously the, the old man running the team that he deserves a new deal. And for about six or seven weeks, Dak Prescott absolutely balled out and was one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And that, that huge conversation early in the year for MVP that everybody seems to have, he was, he was in that, that conversation as a big soup uh, for that conversation. Uh, Kirk Cousins at one point was in the conversation as in he's not the MVP. Thank you. That's um, but, my answer. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's just my life. But 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 he was in the conversation. Uh, he was. But but I'm in but, the but conversation. That... <laughs> it just won't be me. That's the conversation. Uh, and and things just turned sour just enough for the Cowboys to sort of crumble and and fall one game short of making the playoffs. They didn't have to do much. They just had to overcome the beat-up Philadelphia Eagles, and they couldn't even do that much. And it seems so clear that the Cowboys have a lot of talent, and they they have what it takes to be a playoff team, a perennial playoff team. And if they had a leader, if they had a head coach who could gather them, yeah. and, and, and when they were falling apart, when they were like the, the, the chips on a poker table just – falling down if they had somebody that knew how to keep it together and and stack them back up that they could have squeezed out one more win two more wins and they would have been right there they were one of the best teams in the nfc this season they should have been in the playoffs 
the Eagles should not. They were not very good. But when it counted, when it mattered, because the Cowboys were falling down at just the right time, uh, they managed to lose out. And, and there's some, some ugly-ass losses on that schedule, that Eagles game, that Jets game. There's there's several games that you look at the Cowboys that didn't even compete at home against the Vikings. Uh, you, you look at some of those games, you go, why? How how did that happen? As well as they were playing, as, as well as Dak uh, Prescott was playing, how did they fall apart that hard? And I really do think it's just – a matter of leadership. If they had a real head coach, I think they would have had a shot at, at, at being much better than they were. I will take one exception to the, death, the Dak Prescott conversation about how awesome he played. I will admit that for that first few weeks, he played amazing when they were, you know, looking like they were going to be like Super Bowl contenders. But they were three my problem with my yeah, my problem with Dak as you got later into the season was he would play awful for three quarters and then put up a lot of empty yards in the fourth quarter. And there's a couple became, games he definitely did that. And that became sort of his MO as they were losing games down the stretch was Dak Prescott was just a complete ghost through two and a half, three quarters of these games and statistically was it just horrible. And then, oh, it's garbage time, and the other team is loosening up, and they're using the clock, and now all of a sudden he's starting to pad the stat sheet. So th- there was one game where I think at the end of the third quarter he had 95 or 100 yards passing. It was just abysmal. And then he ends up the game with close to 300. And, oh, well, if you look at the stats, Dick Prescott, oh, my God, he had a 300-yard game. No, 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 everybody. That's just, so. It's probably that Vikings game yeah. with him. It might have been. But it, it, they had a lot of bad. They, they went eight and eight after being three and zero. Oh. And how many teams that start three and zero don't make the playoffs? Not many. Not many. So. Not many. And uh, yeah, now we're going through this slow motion firing of. J- this is the most awkward <laughs> coach firing that I have ever seen. The way they're trying to do this whole like Jerry with the kick gloves. It's oh my! It is driving me insane. Oh, we have to have a meet to fire the guy. That's another part of the lack of, of leadership and a lack of, I guess, gravitas. Do you imagine Bill Belichick being in this situation and just sitting there and taking this slow motion firing? Don't you think he would have stormed Jerry Jones's office and said, look, fucker, do something. Fire me yeah. now or, or sign me to an extent. Sit there and do nothing and leave me twisting in the wind like this. And And, and actually, besides that, Belichick wouldn't have to go to Jerry Jones's office to do that because he has the gravitas. Jerry Jones wouldn't treat him like this. This is no. a matter of, of Jason Garrett not commanding respect. It actually reminds me of my uh, former friendship with, with Rory. His, his name has come up on this show several times, a uh, former friend of mine. But I felt like I was sort of trying to teach Rory like life lessons. Like he was such a sponge and, and such a uh, he, he was so soft and, and everyone sort of treated him like, you know, I don't want to say like garbage, but he got used a lot, like a you lot. You could push him around, right? You could push him he, around. He was a push. Yeah, he was a push. I do believe I beat uh, him 100 to nothing in Madden <laughs> one time. That That's unfair. That he did happen. It, it did. He doesn't play Madden <laughs> video games. It clearly punt. He, he... just punt. <laughs> don't don't go for it from fourth and forty seven from your own two yard line. Just punt. It's okay. But but besides that, um, I, I felt like almost like a, a an older brother to him because I kept trying to teach him through the years uh, through our friendship. 
man, people treat you the way you expect to be treated or the way you portray yourself to be treated. Uh, just you got to have a backbone. You got to stiffen up. You don't have to be an asshole like me, but you do have to treat yourself with some respect and then others will treat you with respect after that. But if you don't treat yourself like that, if you don't expect to be respected, it's never going to happen. And Jason Garrett strikes me as that type as well. He just kind of he, his nickname is the clapper. People actually yeah. on Twitter call him the clapper. Like how uh, deme- demeaning or, or belittling is it for you to be an NFL head coach for 10 years and be known as the clapper because people see you on the sideline just saying, all right good job all right everybody good job way to go and that's your reputation that's who you that's who people think of you as the clapper that, that's awful but that's what you command that's the respect that you command when that's all you seem to be doing is sitting there smiling and clapping as your team is completely circling the drain and yeah. you, you don't have to scream and spit and curse, but you do have to do something. You do have to do something to command respect. And, and Jerry Jones is treating him pretty much the way he's, he's allowing himself to be treated. And like I said, a, a real coach and somebody with some backbone would never stand up for something like that. No. And, and Jason Garrett had any spine. He would have just walked out. Right. Don't like either that or like I said, Jerry. storm the office and say, yeah. do something, dude. Don't just don't just sit there with a smug look on your face. Do something. Yeah. Am I in or am I out? Do I just need to quit? I mean, although he's under contract for another what week, week and a half. I don't know if they're just trying to run the clock out on this thing. I don't know. But what a mess. I mean, look at just look at Cleveland. Cleveland was just like, yeah, Freddie Kitchens, get, get the hell out. Get <laughs> out of here. They did it six weeks too late, but at least they just said, you know what, you're gone. And I loved it on Twitter the next day, like some of the NFL reporters are talking about how devastated Freddie Kitchens was. Like he was blindsided by this. I'm like, really? That's why you're fired, Freddie. That's why you're fired. Because you didn't see that coming. All That's right. you didn't see when that coming. you're sitting around the table, it's poker, right? When you're sitting around the table, you don't know who the sucker is. It's you. And that was oh. Freddie Kitchens. That's very, very fond memories of starting out and playing uh, internet poker when uh, very, very oftentimes I was the fish and then I got enough experience to realize, hey, I can see who the fish is now because it's not me anymore. I can see that idiot over there going all in on his second hand. That's the fish. That's the guy. That's not me. Freddie Kitchens is playing online poker and he's going all in on the second hand. He didn't know it that whole time. And that was Freddie Kitchens. <laughs> that was him. That you were playing oh. online poker with. Yeah. You know? How do you not know you're going to get fired? You've got like this basically, you maybe didn't have a Super Bowl roster, but talent wise, you had a playoff roster and you went 6 and 10 with a playoff roster. You lost control of your team. You got your best defensive player. He gets suspended for ripping a helm, a dude, a dude's helmet off and crushing him over the head with it. I mean, the whole thing was just a sideshow. They decide they're going to cite Odell Beckham. That's a recipe for success. <laughs> um, Baker Mayfield's on every commercial. Him and Dak Prescott. Isn't that ironic <laughs> that the two quarterbacks that you see on the most commercials now are Dak and Baker? <laughs> So just watch this all through the playoffs that you're going to be seeing. Oh, man, hopefully we're not seeing all these Dak Prescott and Baker Mayfield commercials. I hope they do a commercial together. It's not the Dumplings, but it is Campbell's for for Dak Prescott. It is. And Kurt Warner. That's Uh, right. The Dumplings himself. 
But he Baker on Warner. Orange, stupid ass. Yeah. No, Kurt Warner actually, yeah, he's in the he's in the Hall of Fame. That's right. He's got the he's yellow in the jacket. Hall of Fame. He, yeah, he was in three Super Bowls, right? Two with the Rams and one with the Cards. That's right. So yeah, Kurt Warner, you can you can get a chunky soup ad. <laughs> no, I, Donovan I, McNabb I, was good enough to get a chunky soup ad. Donovan McNabb went to a Super Bowl. Donovan McNabb was a true. great player, although Philadelphia fans might argue, but Donovan McNabb was a great quarterback. He threw four touchdowns on a broken leg. If you didn't know that, um. Oh, I know that. Believe me. You know that because <laughs> I was playing you in fantasy that week with Donovan McNabb, who threw four touchdowns on a broken leg in the first half. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's legendary. I, I, I know wait. that story's been told on this show. I got to beat Andre in fantasy. Hang on. I'm, I can't come out of the game yet. I got to beat Andre. Okay, now I can come out. Uh, I, the, the only thing I'll, I'll lightly push back on is that Cleveland was uh, outfitted with a playoff roster this year. I'm, correct me if I'm wrong. Neither one of us picked Cleveland to make the playoffs this year because we knew better. Um, I, yeah, I like, no, I, we didn't. They, we they didn't have a lot of talent. Hype, but I, I didn't think it would be this bad, though. Oh, I thought no. they'd be on the cusp. I thought they'd be like that first team out. I didn't think that they would just, you know, that they would be terrible early. And then when you started to look at they they had a rough schedule early. And then you looked at that schedule that they had in the second half, and you're like, oh, man this roster is way too talented. Like they should win nine or 10 games. And they just kept losing to these bad. They lost to the Bengals. If I thought they would win nine or 10 games, I wouldn't have picked them to, to miss the playoffs. I would have made them a wild card pick. They won. They went six and 10. That's about what I thought they yep. were. They, the Browns yep. are who I thought they were. This is what <laughs> six and 10, seven and nine. That's about well, it. Took, it took nine. It took nine to get to the playoffs in the AFC this year. And right. it took 10 in the NFC to get in. That's right. But generally, if I think a team's winning nine games, I'm probably picking them to, to sneak in as a wild card because it's so hard to pick a, a team to go nine and seven and not make the playoffs because usually sure. when a team goes nine and seven, they make the playoffs. So Unless you're the Rams. I, no, I didn't. Uh, well, I, I didn't think there was uh, any chance they were winning nine games this year. I thought they were winning about six or seven. So really, yeah. this is about – what I thought it's all the drama is what I didn't think was going to happen. All the, the lack of discipline and the different ways that they showed their asses and, and embarrassed themselves and embarrassed their, their franchise. That's what I didn't see coming. Uh, but the, as far as the, on the field and the record goes, this is about who I thought they were. They have a lot of talent. Yes. Uh, yeah. Playoff talent. Not, not necessarily, but I guess it, it sort of depends on, you know, how important the quarterback is uh, in football nowadays. I guess it depends on how good you. What do you think Baker Mayfield is? Because I didn't I think, think he's he Mitch was, Trubisky with more commercials. Oh my God! I don't think he's that bad, and I love Mitch. He's Trubisky. bad. I think Mitch Trubisky was a more accurate. Baker Mayfield was awful this I know. year. I mean, I, I know. Baker I Mayfield had a completion percentage that might have been good in 1982. <laughs> well, Trubisky's couldn't have been much better, and Trubisky had no yards per attempt. He was not throwing the ball downfield at all. So I don't know if he was sure. quite that bad, but he wasn't good. But, uh, let's see, yeah. Baker Mayfield. I'm, I'll just we'll look it up right now. Uh, Baker Mayfield, fifty nine point four completion percentage, uh, uh, seven point two yards per attempt. That's, a, that's all right. And he was twenty twenty, so he's like poor man's oh, James no. Winston. Twenty two oh. touchdowns, twenty one picks. 
let's see, 2020, of Jameis' Conseco to 2020, uh, Ryan Sandberg? Um, I, I can't think of any <laughs> other 2020s right now. Uh, but that's not very good. So that's no. your frame of reference. Uh, now, Mitch Trubisky did not play in as many games because he had the uh, he was hurt. He had he had a hit pointer. Then oh, he had a legit shoulder before that, though. And he did, yeah. So no, Mitch Trubisky was sixty three point two percent completion, but yeah, he had a six point one uh, yards that's, per attempt. That's atrocious. In today's that NFL, is, that is atrocious. That's Sam Bradford level <sighs> atrocious. See that's but Sam Bradford and, and, would have had an eighty percent completion percentage. <laughs> Just swing pass after swing pass. Uh, yeah, if if you think they have a playoff caliber roster, then you think Baker Mayfield is that type of quarterback. I'll give to, you that. All right, I will. I will give you that, that point. I will I give you that point. But that the talent good. around, I think the talent around Baker Mayfield. They have what they had: Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, uh, Jarvis Nick Landry, Odell year. Beckham. Uh, and Joku got hurt, right? But right. still, even if Baker Mayfield was league average in that offense, they should have been way better than they were. They had that that the, the skill positions on that team were absolutely loaded, and that defense is really good. I mean, they have players they have Denzel Ward, they have Miles Garrett before he went psycho. I mean, <laughs> all, just <laughs> just saying. But that was all systemic of the team and the failure and the organization and the Steelers got under their skin and and apparently Mason Rudolph's like a secret racist and nobody knows that except for Miles Garrett. Um, <laughs> that all disappeared oh, too. God, so I'm glad man. that that narrative went away because that seemed way too convenient. Um, yeah, just one of the many many things in in Browns land this year. Just another drop in the bucket. Yeah. Just that whole season. And then if you don't pin that on the coach, who do you pin it on? But the front office has my back. I'm good. Then they, they fired they Dorsey. They fired the guy who put all this talent on this roster. So now we could get into a whole other discussion when you get and into Jimmy Dorsey, Haslam. And if I'm Dorsey, I'm like, wait and... a minute. I, I gave you guys everything. <laughs> yeah. We built the plan. Right? They, they tanked. They they built through the draft. This was supposed. Then they fired the guy who was the architect of all of that. Um, okay. Yeah, that that's so definitely play. not a a long conversation I want to have. But just this, Jimmy Haslam has no idea what the fuck he's doing. He's he's even oh. more clueless than Jerry Jones. That's that's <laughs> Dorsey's that going to have a job quick. Yeah, I would think so. Certainly, but. Yeah. Uh, and and Freddie Kitchens really should have one as a as an OC or something like that. Oh, I he, thought you he meant did, like a janitor or something. He did very good work with with Baker uh, at the end of his is uh, uh, at the end of last year. Last year, year. To, sure. To to put himself in position oh, yeah. to get this. I mean, if Wichita State needs an deserve. offensive coordinator, <laughs> I'm all for it. Freddie Kitchens or Baylor or you know some 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 college that you don't think of um, that that's any good. You know, maybe you could go be the head coach at Yale. Or something like that. I don't see Freddie Kitchens latching on quickly after this sort of stigma of this. Maybe a year or two goes by. He's going to probably, unfortunately, have to build his way back into that position, I think. He's going to have to go be a, a running backs coach or a quarterbacks coach somewhere and then become kind of hot shit again. I, I don't think this is something that you just, that you recover from this quick. He's not, I mean, we're shitting all over him. Who knows? Look at, hey, Belichick got fired by the Browns. Maybe Freddie Kitchens is the next Bill Belichick, and we just don't know it. 
but I'm not holding my breath. I, I don't even know how to respond to that one. That just like... <laughs> was that like next level? Was that meta? <laughs> <laughs> if, if we had a video cam, that would, I would have a look on my face like I just saw a ghost, and I'm like, what? That's the clip you play 15 years from now after Freddie Kitchens has won four Super Bowls as the coach of some other team. Oh, be like, that yep, would be I was the, there. That would be the all-time call right there if that happens. Uh, so, of course, uh, the last play of the season, the last game, the last regular season game, and, and the last game of 2019, the last game of the decade, of course the coin catches us on the last play of the game on Sunday night uh, with uh, Seattle hosting San Francisco and the uh, Seahawks having a chance to come back and pull a miracle and, and win that game and win the division and, and get the number one seed uh, and cover the spread and all of that good stuff. And right there at the half inch line, the tight end gets stopped and, and can't get the ball over uh, the goal line. And of course that was another one that had the, uh, the right call with San Francisco. And we both had the wrong call with Seattle. Uh, every single game, every single game, in which the coin was different than both of us, coin won. Every last one of them. Um, are you are you still on the air, Jason, or did you did I lose you? Oh, I hit the mute button. Go figure. Ah, uh, okay. the, yeah, the show got better there for a minute until I came back. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the end of that game was just crazy because you have a blatant pi in the end zone. That oh my God! It's just an absolute mugging, and they don't look at it. They don't call down from the booth to look at it. They just like, oh, no, we have nothing to see here. There's there's there Leslie Nielsen in front of the exploding fireworks factory again. So last year, it's what is a catch, right? And this whole what is pass interference thing is so bad that we don't even care about the bad catch rules anymore. Like we're good with all the shitty catch rules now. They've, they've tried to fix them, but now we don't know what the hell pass interference is. So I just would like to thank Sean Payton for this whole thing, for Shit. for creating this mess with that, uh, you know, blatant missed call at the end of that game last year. Because then you have stuff like that, where that is just clear and obvious. They talk about that he impede him. He tackled the dude. Look, as as much of a hitsy fit in a. In a as much of a beep shit in his diaper that Sean Payton was for, for instituting uh, having pass interference replayed. Um, ultimately, I think he was right. And ultimately this thing is going to go down the, the toilet along with the Cowboys season and the Cleveland Brown season uh, because of Al Riverone, not because of Sean Payton. Alvin Riverone has been looking all season at these obvious blatant pass interference calls on replay and yep. turning his back on purpose and saying, I'm not reversing that. You guys want to replay uh, so bad? Okay, here's your replay. I don't see interference. Fuck you. And just turning his chair and wheeling it around and turning right. his back completely. Uh, that, that's on River Rome for being a, a pussy and completely whining and, and shitting his pants and, and having a, a problem with interference or, or with uh, uh, replay being instituted for pass interference. That's clearly him in his office uh, having an issue with, with the authority of the referees on the field being questioned and challenged by the fact that you can challenge these interference calls. It's 
all, it's so bad that they really need like an independent investigator or somebody outside of the NFL to to review these things, like it's a judicial uh, hearing or something like that. Because Riveron has proven himself to be incompetent and unable to impartially view these replays and call them for what they are. And that's his fault, not Sean Payton's. As, as much of a baby as Sean Payton was, this is on Al Riveron for making a complete mockery of the system. Uh, and, and I don't understand how he can get away with this. If we had a real commissioner in the, in the NFL uh, instead of that clown, uh, th- this would be addressed and rectified because this is absolutely uh, is it, bringing down the quality of the game. Um, I don't want to tie it to ratings going down, but I've just read that ratings are, are down and uh, attendance was the lowest in, in 10 or 15 years or something like that in the NFL. But I do think this is part of it. When you have clear and obvious clown stuff going on that does not get rectified because of a real commissioner just had a real commissioner uh, just died. Rest in peace, David Stern. If you had a real ass commissioner in the NFL to, to take care of stuff like this, uh, then this wouldn't be happening. This, this, this is just awful. This is awful. So here's my prediction. This is reminding me of the season that ended. Was this two seasons ago with the Patriots Eagles Super Bowl? Because that was when we were in the heyday of what is a catch, right? Where we we had just all sorts of crazy plays that were overturned or was the ball moving or the process of the catch or the going to the ground. Then we get to the Super Bowl and you have multiple opportunities where you see balls that were not catches during the regular season, but they look like real catches. And then suddenly at the Super Bowl, things that we knew during the regular season that were getting overturned. They became catches because they didn't want the spotlight to be on the what is a catch or the replay. Almost like you felt like Goodell came down to Al Riverone and these guys and said, we are not going to have this be the thing that does us in. Now, all of a sudden, I wonder now that we're into playoff mode, if all of a sudden pass interference becomes pass interference again. And because of the scrutiny we won't end up with a play like we had at the end of that San Francisco Seattle game where just blatant pass interference in the end zone when you can't challenge because it's late in the game. So Pete Carroll couldn't even throw the challenge flag because everything's got to come from the booth, which I think is stupid. I think if you have a challenge, you should be able to use it because that's exactly the situation where a coach could have thrown a challenge flag and one. And I don't understand why you can't do that. Why you can't throw a challenge flag in the last two minutes or if you're out of timeouts or any of that. I understand that. And I don't know if Seattle at that point was out of timeouts. But what does how ridiculous. And I don't know if I'm still on the air here. I just got a text from Andre. <laughs> this is a good one. I hope I'm still on the air that says Fucking power just went out. Oh, boy. So I don't know if that just means that the show ended. I did not get the message in my ear from Blog Talk Radio about the
Hello? I can't hear anything. I still can't hear anything. Oh, this is a fine how do you do. We shouldn't talk about Roger Goodell like that. Hello? No, still can't hear anything, unfortunately. Um, I don't see you on the board at all. Are you... Uh, are you on the show? Because you, uh, I'm showing you as dropped, so maybe you need to call in on the phone too. I think that's the only way this might work.
All right, I just heard your sound effect, but I can't hear you. I just heard the applause. Hello. Hello. Okay, so that's really weird. That not even sure how you came up with that. So I can hear you and you can hear me, but I'm on my phone now. Yeah, I just um, from years ago when we used to have all these connection issues that when something like this happened, that sometimes the only way we could hear each other is if we were both on the phone line. Well, that's good memory. Um, actually, I just went to a different browser, and I think I'm able to get back on my microphone, so hang on. Ah, okay. All right, am I being heard now? Hello? Yeah. Okay, um, Eric. Are you hearing Now you just like now it sounds like there's two of you, so Yeah. yeah. Well, well let me let hang, me up, hang the up the phone, phone and see if, if that, that works. works. Okay, now there should be only one of me. Yeah, now I can hear you. But I am no longer I am no longer um on my computer, so now I'm on the phone, so uh, right. the phone. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the beauty, the beauty yeah. of the show. So yeah. we sort of switched places. Your power went out? Yeah, my power flashed. Everything Great. went down for 10 seconds. Yeah, I even checked the weather. I'm like, there's no problems with the weather down there in Memphis, so. Yeah, it's been raining all day, but that doesn't mean it's raining right now. But, yeah, when it's bad weather, there's, it's it's susceptible to happen. I'm actually shocked that that hasn't happened before because we lose power here quite regularly, unfortunately. Well, that was so we that was good. We did some technical support there, and we got to be our own IT guys and try to figure out on the fly during the middle of the show <laughs> how to fix the problem. And we got it done. We've been dealing with this for seven years. Nothing's going to stop us. We're we're used to it at this point. And yeah, you know, I, it's ironic because you had just been complimentary of yeah. I was just about to say that not, this is not a blog talk radio issue. This is your power nope. went out. The whole house went dark for ten seconds. That's that's all that was. <sighs> somebody somebody did not want us to be able to make these picks tonight. And somebody heard me talking shit about uh, Roger Goodell, and we don't have a real commissioner in the NFL. That's when we got cut out. So so real quick before I make my uh, my my picks of what I was trying to say, and I think I finished it was they they're gonna let these they're gonna be much more aggressive calling and overturning these, these PI calls 
um, because they don't want this to be what ruins the the season. And when, I mean, especially if there's a Saints uh, game involved. That's yeah, all. And, and even if it's not the Saints, how worldwide embarrassing would it be to have obvious pass interference in a conference title game or a Super Bowl and you go to the booth and Alvin Brown goes, nope, not going to overturn it. Not going to do We're it. not even going to look at it. We're not even going to look at it. Not even going to booth challenge it. Nothing. Yeah. Now, hopefully they don't do anything like that. Hopefully. All right. Well, All right. you sound good. Hopefully I sound good. Um, you sound fine. You know, it's, it's the phone. Unfortunately, yeah, I, I only... Hopefully I was heard. I don't know if I was heard through all of that. I don't know. It's uh, Since I'm the host and I lost power, I, I would tend to think that maybe you weren't, but I don't know. You're you're here, so I don't. I, I have no idea. Okay. Uh, well, well, let's get these picks made before more stuff happens. we got <laughs> 20 minutes now to wait yeah. for 10 minutes trying to get back on air. Yeah, unfortunately. So that doesn't leave us very much time. So here we go. It is wild card weekend, and we're still happy to have it. And we're happy to make our picks for it. Uh, Buffalo and Houston, the Bills and the Texans start us off tomorrow in the uh, annual Houston Texans host a wild card game spot, uh, 4:30 Eastern time on Saturday afternoon. Uh, both teams are 10 and six. The Bills are the slight dogs. If I can pull up the. Uh, uh, that did save, so that's good. Uh, Buffalo is a two-and-a-half-point dog uh, at the Houston Texans. Yeah, I'm trying to get the abridged version of these picks in here so we don't quite have, like, the full time like we were hoping for. But I'm going to go ahead right. and I'm going to take – I'm gonna. I got to take the Bills. I mean, this is a team that's at least consistent, and I definitely am going to trust a Bills squad that we know is blowout proof. We've talked about that all year. They won't blow anybody out, but they also won't get blown out themselves against a Houston team that is, if, if Jameis Winston isn't the Heckle and Giant Award, the Houston Texans should be the Heckle and Giant Award because you want to talk about the most maddeningly inconsistent team that's out there who will beat the Patriots and, and look like dominant. And they'll beat these really good teams, and then they'll go lose to Denver at home, you know, and they'll just and they'll just completely not show up. I also like the matchup. I think the matchup favors the Bills more. Um, Houston, I don't think is going to be able to exploit the Bills defense, which is weaker against the run. I don't think that Houston's a great ground game. Uh, you know, they don't have a great running game. They can get after the quarterback. You know, you've highlighted Deshaun Watson how much he can make these magical plays happen. But he loves to hold on to the football. I think he's going to be forced into some bad throws, and I do think that that Buffalo secondary is going to be able to make big plays and turn him over. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take the Bills to spring the minor road upset here in this game. Yeah, definitely uh, abridged versions of our picks for both of us. You know me and all the stats and numbers that I would try to run and come up with. Uh, so let me see how I can pare all this down. Uh First uh, upset of the weekend is going to come for me in this game, and I'm not talking about the points for it necessarily. I like the over. You heard me talking about the Bills unders all year, how much of a, a lock the Bills were. Um, I actually like the over uh, in this game because I think after a feeling out process, both of these young big armed quarterbacks are going to try to fire it up to their deep threats in the second half. And I think both uh, secondaries have their weaknesses that they're going to allow that. 
but ultimately Buffalo's defense is much better equipped to eventually ride the storm and make just enough plays to, to stop the Houston Texans and win the game. Uh, and Houston has the, the lowest pressure rate of all of these weekends teams at only 18.1%, which tells me that JJ Watt coming back, uh, unless he's going to be John Cena right off the bat and Superman, um, it, it's not going to help them out very much. Um, and I was hearing on a football podcast uh, and, and I thought about it before I even heard this, but I just didn't do the the research and look it up. I thought that J.J. Watt, every time he comes back from injury, takes a while to get back into form. And I was right because somebody actually looked it up and and found out that the last three times he came back from injury, all three times it took him three games into the comeback to get his first sack. So he does start slow when he comes back from injury, and I think this will be the the same tomorrow. I think he'll be there. It'll be a a boost emotionally, but ultimately – um, I think they're going to fall short. Um, and I actually like the Buffalo Bills uh, to come out on top. You, you, I've talked about Project uh, Josh Allen sort of growing throughout the year and showing me a lot more than I thought he had. And uh, I'm going to take him to uh, ride John Brown and that speedy uh, wide receiver core to victory. I'll take uh, the Bills 31-27. to 27. Wow, that's a high-scoring football game. So I like yeah. you like that over. Okay. All right. Who's your X factor? My X factor for this game is Isaiah McKenzie, a wide receiver for the bills. I talked about the speed factor that the bills have with John Brown. They have the possession guy in Cole Beasley. Uh, McKenzie is, is definitely the third or fourth option, 27 catches this year, but on only 39 targets. So that means he definitely made the most of his opportunities. He's very fast. Um, he'll flash uh, on a couple of different plays, and I think he'll uh, make some underneath plays and, and get some space and, and make some plays for the Bills tomorrow. All right. Uh, I'm going to my guy. Uh, I've mentioned him earlier in the season, but I'm looking for my my guy Micah Hyde uh, in the Bills secondary, the safety, to make some plays. He's a ball hawk. He, uh, he, can, he can sack the quarterback. He's good in the safety position, making interceptions, and he can occasionally contribute on special teams with either punt returns. So he's kind of an all-around guy, but not a player in that defense. Gets a lot of run, not anywhere near as much as like Tredavious White or any guys on that D-line. But I'm looking at Micah Hyde making a big impact in this game, especially if Deshaun Watson you know, decides he wants to throw up some YOLO balls of his own because of the big pressure. All right. I forgot to offer, since I am leading, since I have the seven-point lead going into the playoffs, uh, that if you wanted to have me go first on any of these picks uh, so that you can decide if you want to play the, the matchups. And... Yeah, it's wild-card weekend. If I'm doing that wild-card weekend, <laughs> I'm having a bad year. I understand. I didn't think you would. I just forgot to offer you the, the option of that. Correct. No, I, not this weekend. All right. The Saturday night game that everyone's been talking about, the Tennessee Titans and the New England Patriots. The Titans at 9-7 and seven and the Patriots at 12-4. and four. Uh, Tennessee, despite how well they've been playing, are still the underdogs to the legend, the Hall of Famer, Tom Brady. Titans get five points on the road at the Patriots. I don't know what it is, but there's just something in my mind of Tennessee at New England that just makes me not think that this is going to go the Titans' way no matter how inept the offense of the Patriots has looked, all I can think of is 59 to nothing in the snow, <laughs> you know? And then what do I see tomorrow? 
oh, my God, it's supposed to be a rain-snow mix. They're supposed to actually have weather up there in New England. So, of course, all the media, everybody who just hates the Patriots, I hate the Patriots, but I don't hate the Patriots with such a fervent passion that I'm just going to completely blindly go, well, the Tennessee Titans are going to be the team that end the Patriots dynasty. And and Slow it down a little bit, people. This is Tennessee – this is Ryan Tannehill, who's 0-6 in his career against the New England Patriots. They're a nice story, but it's just that knee-jerk reaction I get when I see Tennessee at New England and think that this is not going to go anywhere even close to being a close game. I, think if, I don't think the Patriots are going to the Super Bowl, but I think they will at least escape this game with a win, and they will cover the number. Uh, especially if the weather is not in the Titans' favor. I don't think if they go up if they go up to Foxborough and it's starting to snow or sleet or ice or, or rain, and whatever it's doing up there, I don't think that's going to lend itself to anything that the Titans can do other than one thing, which is run the football. I believe the Patriots are going to go all out to take away that running game. They're going to sell out and they're going to make Ryan Tannehill beat them. I don't think he's going to be up to the challenge. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take the Patriots. I'm going to give the five. I don't like it. I hope I'm wrong. Nobody wants to be more wrong about this pick than me, but that's where I'm going. All right. Uh, Titans on the season, when you talk about uh, over-unders, I was going to get into that uh, with the Buffalo-Houston game because uh, – Houston is the only playoff team that's actually under, despite being 10 and 6, they're minus 7 on a season. That was going to play a part in me going against them as well, because they clearly uh, are not as, as good as their numbers indicate they are. Tennessee is plus 71. The season that they had, the turnaround that they had, that is awesome. So plus 71, that is really good. Patriots are plus 195 on the season. Uh, That's just stupid. And as much trash as I talked about New England's schedule all year and they didn't play anybody and they haven't done anything against it, the Titans didn't exactly play a a whole bunch of playoff teams themselves, at least until the the end of the year. Uh, So they amassed uh, their comeback and their their rally around Ryan Tannehill. They sort of amassed that against a bunch of mishmash and and not-so-great teams uh, themselves. Uh, and it was an amazing turnaround uh, under Tannehill by Tennessee, but just uh, we're going to feel the same way. How many feel-good stories go to Gillette Stadium to die? Uh, you think back to Tebow. You think back to uh, Jack Brisket or uh, any number of guys that have gone up there. And Deshaun Watson went up there in a playoff game. Uh, and, and just bad things happen. Uh, Tanny should know. Tannehill and his record that you already mentioned against the Patriots, he knows. Uh the key to handling Brady is still pressure, pressure, pressure. And Tennessee only got 21.1% pressure rate this year. That's not awful, but it's not, I don't think it's good enough. I don't think it's going to cut it. I'm going to throw up and, and agree with you and take new England and give the five. This, this is what they do. They, they take opponents that have not had that big game experience that have not been in that big spot. Uh, you talked about the rainy slushy field. That's going to hurt Derrick Henry's traction uh, he's got a hamstring already, of course. It's just it, everything is, uh, as usual, flowing into New England's favor. And, and I'm going to agree with you and take New England, uh, and I'm going to pick them to win 24-7. to You know, it's it's funny that we both agreed on these first two games. Thank God we're not flipping the coin this week. <laughs> as you know, coin would be against us, and coin would dominate. 
is your X Factor here? My X Factor is your boy Mohamed Sanu, the former Falcon. Uh, 403 career receptions. This is the veteran that they needed, that they acquired. Uh, he's not the, the, the game breaker. He's not the, the great number two receiver that he used to be, but uh, he has to be Tom Blank, Tom Brady's security blanket. He has to be there for him because, uh, as we see, uh, Julian Edelman is falling apart piece by piece, and he's going to need a, another option. Well, I said I was going to have an X factor from a team that's losing the game. I'm going to actually have a Tennessee X-Factor because I actually secretly want the Titans to win the game. <laughs> and I'm actually going to go with X-Patriot, not X-Patriot, you know. I'm going uh-huh. with X-Patriot Dion Lewis, who uh-huh. is sort of that, you know, that sort of yin to the yang of, with Derrick Henry where he can be a pass-catching running back. He can come in, he can spell him, and he can rub off chunks. Uh, Dion Lewis in – Backup duty ended up having a very nice season. And wouldn't it be wouldn't it be something to come back home, and and have a really good game against your former team? That would be a very uh, Bill Belichick move to have like somebody other than the main guy come out. Like Rex Burkhead comes out and all of a sudden plays like the game of his life. Um, it'd be interesting to see if uh, if I can come through on that one. So if the Titans are able to do anything, I think it's going to be the tandem, um, especially if it's a sloppy field. Uh, where they may end up needing to pull Henry. And Henry's got a hammy, and in yep. the conditions, that might mean he might not be full strength, and or he might have to exit the game early. So I'm looking for Deion Lewis to make an impact if the Titans have a chance. You said backup duty. I, yeah, and expatriate. <laughs> On Sunday afternoon, the Vikings visit the Saints, the Minnesota Vikings at 10-6. and six. But only four and four on the road. It's road cousins. Everybody look out. (laughs) (laughs) Playing the 13 and three Saints. Uh, Minnesota is, of course, the biggest underdog of the weekend. They get, if I pull up my screen, eight points. Minnesota plus eight at the Saints. Is this an anti Kirk Cousins line? Because. Probably. This has got to be nothing other than this is like, well, it's the Vikings and it's Kirk Cousins and the Saints have a good record. I saw a stat today that Kirk Cousins in his career is 0-15 against teams with a 700 winning percentage or better. 0-15. <laughs> it also tells me he plays a lot of good teams, um, but he can't beat them. So the narrative this week has been that the Vikings are getting Dalvin Cook back. They're going to be more at full strength. Oh, Kirk Cousins is going to have all of his offensive weapons. It's not going to matter. It's Kirk Cousins in a huge spot. My last playoff memory of him was getting blown out at home by the Green Bay Packers while I was sitting in the airport in Appleton waiting to fly to Las Vegas to meet you and your wife there. And that was my lasting image of Kirk Cousins playing playoff football and, uh, you like that? You like that? And we get a, we get another chance to see it again, and this time it's against a much better team um, than that Packers squad that he played it, at home. By the way, that was a, that was a home game for Washington, I believe. And uh, started out well. Started out well, and uh, no, and I, I'm not I'm not convinced that Kirk Cousins is going to keep this within eight. Uh, I don't think it's going to get wildly out of control. But I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to give the points with the Saints. I think they're the clearly superior team. I still don't like those grabby corners of the Vikings. Uh, I haven't liked them all year. They just—they're just—they're just way too handsy. 
and uh, I think that that means that the Vikings are right for probably losing this game by 10. This is going to be the first game with the full Vikings offense when you talk about Diggs and Thielen and Cousins and Dalvin Cook in the backfield since week six. There's been somebody missing every week since then, and they're finally going to get everybody back on the same field, on the same page. That is a long time to have your parts sort of loosely connected and not be cohesive like that. And to ask them to get back together and come right and just unite and be the the superpowers uh, immediately, uh, superheroes unite and all that, that, that's that's asking a lot, especially on the road with with road cousins, as we know, uh, which is definitely a thing. Um, You talked about the, the hurt DBs from Minnesota, the grabby DBs, uh, they're grabby and hurt. Uh, they got, uh, you talk about the wrong team to have defensive backs uh, injured. Mike Hughes and uh, Alexander are, are both going to be out for this game for the Vikings. Uh, under, undisciplined DBs going against a red-hot Drew Brees in the Dome. No offense west of Baltimore. Looks more cohesive right now than the New Orleans Saints. Um, it will be time for Marcus Williams to redeem himself against Stephon Diggs after what happened up in Minnesota uh, several years ago. Um, I, I, th- this should be the blowout of the weekend. I, I do like New Orleans by a lot more than 8 or 10. I like them by about 20, uh, if not more. Um, I will take New Orleans, uh, give the 8. I'll take them 37 to 17. Wow. Yeah, my X factor here, actually not a positive X factor for the Saints because if there is a player who I believe who can keep the – Vikings in this game. We talk about the grabby, handsy corners of the Vikings. Uh, I believe that Eli Apple would be an honorary Vikings corner if he had the chance because I don't think there's anybody who's – Eli Apple has two moves, (laughs) get toasted and commit pass interference. I believe that's a thing that he – a talent that he brought with him from the Giants over to the Saints. Uh, So watch for whoever is – lined up or hooked up on Eli Apple in this game, they are going to go off. Well, you did say that you were running late on trying to figure out X factors and just looking over the roster. So totally forgiven for this, but Eli Apple is hurt. He's not going to play tomorrow, uh, Sunday. So, uh, that, but that's well, understood. Shit. Well, shit. <laughs> uh, it's all right. So he, because he won't be out there. His <laughs> will make him the X factor. Ah, that. there you go. <laughs> I like it. I like the spin. Now they're going to go after the guy who had to replace Eli Apple, and now he's going to get toasted. So, next. <laughs> um, I'll pull one of your numbers and take an X-Factor off the off the team that I have losing, um, and I'll go with Kyle Rudolph, the Vikings tight end. Only 39 catches this year, but on 48 targets, so he really made him count. Six touchdowns this year. They really would need a third option out there uh, if, for for Diggs and Thielen, and, and it feels like uh, uh, Kirk Cousins overlooks Rudolph when he has uh, Cousins and, uh, when he has Diggs and Thielen out there. So he really needs to open his eyes and, and see that he has another weapon there in, in Kyle Rudolph. Fair enough. And on to the nightcap on Sunday, the Seahawks and the Eagles. This is the only game this weekend that had a regular season uh, matchup between them. And in week 12, the Seahawks beat the Eagles in a really ugly one, 17-9. Really, neither quarterback looked all that great in in that game. Uh, So coming back for this rematch, which is also in Philadelphia, 
The 11 and 5 Seahawks, of course, falling to the wild card game due to losing that game on Sunday night to San Francisco. Uh, they are very, very slightly the road favorites. They they give one whole point at the 9 and 7 Philadelphia Eagles. I'm seeing a lot of Eagles love this week, and I, I think that there's just this tendency ever since the Beast Mode game up in Seattle, where that 7 and 9 Seahawks team beat the Saints coming up there that we're going to give some extra love to these division winners when they clearly don't deserve it. And if there's a team that doesn't deserve it, it's this completely beat up Eagles squad. I don't see the Eagles making much of an impact offensively or defensively. If they win this game, it's literally going to be on nothing other than like, they're going to make divers a shit on this game. It's bubble gum, it's bailing wire, and they're making a bomb out of Arm and Hammer baking soda. If they win this game at all, I don't see it happening. If this was, if I had a lock of the week, this would probably be my lock of the week. I like the Seahawks here. Um, Russell Wilson is going to make plays. They have the corners. I mean, Eagles don't have any corners depth in the secondary. He's going to throw the ball. They're going to get them. You know what's going to be midfield and rust bombs all day long. I don't worry so much about the running game. But I don't see the Eagles moving the football either. So give me the Seahawks uh, fairly easy. Doug Peterson's going to have his work cut out for him. He wins this game. He might be coach of the year. <laughs> the, the Eagles have uh, MacGyvered the fuck out of it the last couple of weeks just to get to this spot. I don't know how they won those two games uh, the way they're as, as beat up as they are as it is. And, and Zach Ertz, poor guy, uh, he's got like a broken rib and a punctured kidney or something. Uh, and, and he's talking about, I feel good and I can play. They, they, like he's going to try to get out there tomorrow. There's no way in hell they should allow him to play, but they haven't ruled him out uh, as of right now. So I, I'm afraid there might be a, a chance that he's going to try to play. He sh- I, I, I hope he doesn't try to play. Um, yeah, no Alshon, no Aguilar, uh, beat up on both sides of the ball. The Eagles are. They still found a way to win the, the NFC East title. It really, it's as gutsy uh, a, a last couple of weeks as I can remember as a team, and, and they should absolutely be applauded for that effort. Uh, but uh, we're going to agree on all four. I don't think it's going to be enough. Seattle uh, has the, the most deliberate offense in the league. They're going to run. They're going to establish that run, and they're going to unleash those, those play-action rust bombs, and you know what's coming, and you're not going to be able to stop it. I think that's just going to be the difference. They're just going to wear the Eagles down and, and wear them out, and the Eagles don't have the, the energy and the manpower to withstand that. I see a very similar game to the Week 12 matchup, low-scoring, uh, deliberate plotting, and I have uh, the Seahawks coming out on top 20 to 12. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and decide. Probably my most obvious X-factor of the week, but I've been high on this guy all year. And with that beat-up Eagles secondary, I think that D.K. Metcalf is just going to be a beast. That guy's a monster. He's a wide receiver and a tight end body, and Russell Wilson just is going to just keep developing more and more rapport with this guy. And it's going to be the 900 yards receiving in his rookie year, and rookie wide receivers usually suck. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to give D.K. Metcalf to, uh, to bully his way through that Eagles secondary. Another X-factor for me from a losing effort um, if anyone's going to emerge for the Eagles, they keep giving J.J. Ortega Whiteside every opportunity, and here's another chance for him to possibly uh, emerge as a weapon and an option. They need options in Philadelphia badly. Well, More on our show when we come back. Some kumbaya shit. That's very yeah. Exciting. Yeah. Uh, 
into our VIP after show. Yeah, I gave you every opportunity if you wanted to do be different and let me go first and see if you wanted to change up. But uh, yeah, I, we got all four exactly the same. I I definitely did not expect you to go with New England and, and give the five. I thought at least you'd take Tennessee in that one with the points. I certainly didn't want to take New England, but man, the, as we both know, this is this is what happens. You see Tennessee New had New England on the schedule, run to Vegas, <laughs> and throw some money on the Patriots. I don't. I, I. I am. I think the Titans are still reeling from that fifty-nine nothing game in a blizzard. <laughs> but this is the the Patriots after they lost to the Dolphins. They had a chance to avoid all of this and couldn't beat the Miami fucking Dolphins. And we're still going with them and giving the five. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I was solid on these picks all week. I, I so there's no way where I'm gonna. I'm only down seven. There's still, you know, there's 33 points for the playoffs. There's only eight of those points up for grabs this week. So you yeah you you just took eight points and threw them out the window because you can't gain any of them on me now. Right. So, so. but I can't lose any because oh, I'm not at the point where I feel so solid about my picks. I was three favorites and an underdog on this all week. Buffalo and the favorites. So yeah, I wasn't gonna throw one of those picks away, and then all of a sudden it's like, well, I'm just going to try to catch up to you, and now I'm down nine. Right. You okay, I, I see. I see it. I, I see what you're trying to do. You're, you're just going to throw the wild card weekend away so you can get to the divisional round, and then you're just going to dominate. Right. That's my move. Uh-huh. I see you. That's, yeah. I, I, that's not like I threw it away. I just happened to have the same picks as you. <laughs> right. And, we're gonna, and then we and then when we go zero and four tomorrow <laughs> and Sunday, then I can go well shit. Maybe I should have disagreed with him. But hang on, maybe I should get a coin and flip it, <laughs> and then just let, and just take the coin and come out on the better side. I honestly would grab this coin and flip them right now for these four games, but my ego is that fragile. I don't want to do that because. <laughs> so we I, I don't we want to know. We kind of glossed over those picks. I mean, was there yeah. any was there any geniusness that you really wanted to to, to hammer through here? Or I you tried to what? give this, you know, I tried to give a, a very brief um, rundown of those games. I was, I could have said more about some of those games, but there wasn't anything like you know earth shattering that I needed to go through. I know that the uh, yeah, I, the, the Titans, the Titans and the Patriots. That one kind of that messes me up because I think you know on paper you'd think that the Titans are going to give them more of a challenge, but I just don't see it. On paper, they would. If you took this season like a stratomatic baseball season and, and laid it over some paper and laid the Patriots season over some paper, the Titans would give the Patriots all they could handle and then some, and, and probably uh, be sort of slightly favored to win the game. It, it'd be hard to imagine that they wouldn't be favored. Ryan Tannehill is the better quarterback on that, on that field tomorrow. Derrick Henry is the better running back on that field tomorrow. AJ Brown is the better wide receiver on that field tomorrow. uh, Assuming that uh, Julian Edelman is still as beat up as I believe he is. So when you talk about all the skill positions, uh, I think are, you can, you can make an argument that they're on the Titans side. How could you possibly say that the Patriots should win that game and cover the five points? But we're both saying they don't play the game on a piece of paper. They play it on the field and on the field going up to New England in the playoffs. If you don't have the, the experience to go in and, and, and handle them and, and hang with them, if you've never done it before and Tannehill's never done that and Derrick Henry's never done that and Mike Vrabel uh, coming up uh, to, to play against his, his, his mentor has, has never done that in a playoff game, 
it's 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 all about the playoffs. I think we both would be taking the Titans if this was a regular season game. But this is the the playoffs, and it's something about the Patriots in the playoffs. We're not ready to to concede that they're just going to melt away in the very first playoff game. You, you decided the weather, uh, just like like we said, every factor seems to be pointing towards the Patriots, even though it, it doesn't seem like it. This has been everyone's smart pick all week: is the Titans to go up and, and start and, and end the dynasty. Uh, I even titled the show. So now is the dynasty over? Is it finally all this? All these years that the rumor has been, oh, this is it. Brady loses. Uh, he's going to retire, and, and Belichick's going to walk off, and finally everything's going to crumble and come to an end. It is now going to be the time, and we're both saying, nope, it's not going to happen this time. Yeah, and I think I was. I think you, if you had to, if you had to make a pick for me, like if you were going to go, which pick is Jason going to make this week that I'm the most confident he's going to make? I know you would have picked Buffalo because I've been on Buffalo all year Mm -hmm. and interestingly enough they are still not getting any love nobody nobody knows even after what they did to the cowboys the 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 the, the vaunted cowboys like the the storied franchise what they did to them on thanksgiving nobody seemed to care um the texans are the sexier team right they have they have the big names. They have, you know, I've been hearing all week that oh, the Texans are gonna they're gonna show up because they showed up and they beat all these good teams and you know you don't know what you, but the the Bills I think are just a completely different animal. The Bills will just wear you out, and they are not gonna let Hopkins and Fuller for the five plays that he's healthy for or any of these any of these big you know these big plays they take time to develop. Buffalo's gonna get after Deshaun Watson. They're going to make him run around. They're going to make him make some mistakes. He's going to you – know, Deshaun Watson's not the most patient quarterback, and I don't think that plays into what the Bills can do to you. The Bills, you if you're going to beat the Bills, you got to beat them the way that the Patriots were beating them. You just do this Novocaine offense down the field, and you put them to sleep, and you go on these 13 and 14-play drives, and you really have, and the Patriots are perfect at that. That is, that's their mo. They, they can, they can, they decide they're going to just go on a, an eight-minute drive and just wear you out. They still have the ability to do it. <laughs> I got a lamp now. Now Andre, his internet went out. So I'm one. <laughs> this is one hell of a show tonight. So. At least it's the after show, so I can uh, bid everybody adieu and say uh, enjoy your <laughs> enjoy your wild card weekend, and hopefully uh, for the division round next week uh, we can get some of Andre's technical difficulties uh, figured out here. Apparently, he didn't pay his electric bill or his internet bill, so I'm going to go ahead and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end the show. And uh, boy, we'll see you. Uh, We'll see you folks next week. Have a great night. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.